Hello and welcome to episode 268 of the Rollo and Slappy Show. Today is September 6th. 2021. I am Rollo McFlugel, and with me is Slappy Jones. Show notes page for this episode will be McFlugel.com slash 268, where you can find our sponsor, LibertyMugs.com. And if you're interested in learning about Bitcoin, we've got two great services for you, 10HoursOfBitcoin.com and also BitcoinTrickle.com. Based on the names, you should get a halfway understanding of what each one uh, the methods that are used. Yeah. So slappy. <clears throat> I've had some, I noticed people on Twitter uh, complaining about uh, me bringing up tractors good. early on in the episode. And they said, good. that's, that's not fair. It's not fair. And I agree. I was on that side. Oh, well, you did it again. Yeah. But I mean, the beginning of the episode is where you kind of cover that kind of housekeeping kind of stuff. I guess. I just don't like it. That's all. I think you guys are just upset that I'm way too clever to ever be beaten in this. That's not it. Okay. Um, what do we got? Tomorrow's Bitcoin day, huh? It's Bitcoin day? <laughs> According to Twitter and the trending hashtag Bitcoin day, because El Salvador is making oh, it official. Oh. <clears throat> buy $30 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that was uh, that was tomorrow. Yeah. I guess the, uh, we talked about this a little while ago, but the, the law to make Bitcoin legal tender alongside the US dollar in El Salvador is going to affect tomorrow. So that's good. It is. Also, t- also tomorrow, not that I don't want to talk about that, but apparently um, there's like this movement to like call out of work tomorrow. Oh, yeah? To, to uh, protest uh, like vaccine. Oh, nice. Nice. So I actually already am using a vacation day tomorrow. So uh, um, Tell them you can come into work and then call out. Yeah, I'll I'll just double dip. <laughs> I was unaware of this. Should I should I say I'm sick or something, or should I be like, no, nah, I'm out tomorrow? I don't know. I just heard it from from a coworker. Actually, he texted me. And he yeah. says like, so are we all calling out tomorrow or something? I said, well, I already uh, did. <laughs> yeah, already out. Now I'll probably be at work tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, well, good well, luck. Luck to you. Yeah, well, the main reason I'm taking off tomorrow's stupid emissions test for my car. Oh, I gotta take my car in. The the money the money grab by the state of Pennsylvania. Yeah, it is egregious, and I have to take mine in on Tuesday. Which I guess is tomorrow. Holy sh Yeah. Yeah, I took mine in like two weeks ago and on the way there the check engine light went on. Which means they can't do the emissions test. Nice. The safety inspection passed and everything's fine. And then I went there last week after work. And when I got there, it was when Ida hit. And I get there and they're like, uh, the storm just knocked out the, the power to the tester. So we can't reboot it. That's awesome. And then, so the next one was tomorrow. Next opening they had, because they've been really busy apparently, so... 
it's uh, be a pain in the butt. Be a pain in the butt. Just to get your little permission slip. I'm actually a couple months past due. Oh, working, really? Yeah, working from home just uh, doesn't have me paying as much attention to when my inspections do. Well, that makes me uh, makes me feel a little better about being overdue by a week. Oh yeah, mine was July. Hmm. Well, I never really drive through Pennsylvania that well. My typical driving is not around Pennsylvania all that much. To I'm avoid that. No, it's just <laughs> I live real close to Delaware. And that's who where, doesn't want to be in where, Delaware? Well, that's all about the slower lower. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like it's such a scam just to be able to go plug your uh, plug your car into the computer does it's whatever it does and says yep you're good now pay the state what like 40 bucks i hope that's all it is it's something like that the inspection i think the inspection's like 40 50 bucks and the emissions like 40 50 bucks then you just have to pass it um which i should i got new tires i got the stickers on my car sticker tires on um sticker tires yeah i know you're not a race fan but that's when you get new tires yeah um so i got i got new tires a couple months ago uh new brakes a couple months ago i should be good should be should pass with flying colors yeah i did all that stuff last year and all that stuff passed for me it's just getting the emissions test on that's tough because like this place is like about a half hour from me because the previous place I used to get get my car worked on on my car was one of my dad's best friends and he finally retired and plus I moved not close to it right I moved kind of an hour away from it so it was kind of a pain mm-hmm. but this place place I go to now is I like them a lot and they're not <laughs> they don't seem to rip you off. Yeah, I like my guy. You find a good guy, stick with it. Yep, yeah, and that's why I'm willing to, you know, go through a little bit of pain and suffering. A little bit. Yep. Because they were, it was the oxygen sensors that seemed that were bad. Like I replaced them, replaced the two downstream ones last year, and then right before the inspection, I replaced the two upstream ones. I I knew they needed to be replaced, but then it was the downstream ones were bad because then I looked it up and like these ones I bought were just like terrible and all these people online saying like don't buy this brand it's awful so I bought OEM ones put them in nice it should be good but it was nice because they like I told I told them you know what was going on and so they didn't try to be like oh we'll do it for you it's like all right you know what you got to do so go do it and Bring it back when you're ready. So, uh, enough about that. I don't think any people really care about the... Uh, no, they don't. 
They should just know that they're lucky not to live in this state. Because I don't know how – is it common? Do most states do this? Isn't there something that's like every two years or like – I think in New Jersey it's like a drive through Well, New Jersey only does the emissions test. They don't do the uh, safety inspection. Oh, yeah, I yeah. think that's what a lot of states are. They don't do the safety inspection. They do uh, just the emissions. Uh, from what someone said to me was because they were concerned about getting sued. I don't know how true that is, but you know, you go, you go have your car get a safety inspection done. They say, "Oh, your brakes and your your tires are all good and everything," and then yeah, you drive off and something happens, and you could say like, "Oh, you kind of said I was good." And so I'm sure it was more the uh, car or whatever lobby got in was like, "Yeah, we need more." People are just driving these cars till they're freaking dead. Let's let them come into me every year, and I'll tell them they need brakes every time they come in. Yep. That's probably what it was. Uh, but hey, good for them. A lot of good mechanics out there. Or yeah, at least there's some good mechanics out there, and I found one, and I'm keeping them. Or the, <coughs> sorry, or the alternative is, is just learn how to do simple, simple maintenance on your car. Yeah. It's not that difficult to change brakes. No, it's not. Rotors. I've actually done it before. Yeah. It's my time. It's, it's all about my time. It's been years yeah. since I've done them. I used to do them. I used to do them. I mean, if it's something that like you just think is the worst thing in the world and you have no interest in doing it, then that's fine. Yeah. And it's nice to, you know, if you've got other things you need to do, that's good too. But it's good to it's good to have the uh good to have the option because a lot of times, man, you can just spend way too much money on doing some replacement stuff. That could be done easily. Yeah. Like I was at um I was getting my oil changed at one of those kind of, you know, places you just kind of drive in and they change your oil and you leave. And my headlight was out. They do like the head check of the headlight. They're gonna fix it for fifty bucks. What? Like the easiest, I mean, anyone who doesn't change your own headlight, like just Google it. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. Well, except when it gets stuck in the plug. That ha- that actually, I was doing some work on my car. I was cleaning the mass airflow sensor just to make sure everything was going to be all good Good for the uh, emissions test. And uh, Could when you I get drove the my headlight out? Hmm? What happened to the headlight? No, I just, as I pulled the car into the garage, I noticed that one of my headlights were out. Oh. And so I happened to have a couple headlights, bulbs in my garage already. Nice. Yeah. Popped it, popped it out and popped it in. But those plugs are just like, they get like dirt. They're and annoying. And it depends on what kind you have. Like, do you have the yeah. kind you like put in twist and then it like gets in? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to describe them. Yeah, yeah, you just kind of twist. Sometimes it it's easy, sometimes it's not. But but the plug it was just like stuck to Kingdom Come, and so I just had to WD forty a little bit and just rock it back and yeah. forth forever, and eventually came out. Nice. But it's funny. I like Googled it real quick. So I'm like, am I just being? And, and like the first first result for the search for like the headlight bulb being stuck in the plug was. Um, should these come out? Should these headlight bulbs come out easily, or am yeah. I just a retard? <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. So that's enough of our car knowledge. Yes. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. 
What are libertarians doing these days? A lot of weird stuff. Lots of weird stuff. Yeah. But we're uh, in a weird time with COVID. I think everyone went crazy. It's made me check out from like following the news completely. I already didn't follow it closely. COVID just pushed me over the edge. Yeah, I don't even know the last time I actually followed the news. It's been years and years and years. No. But like somehow immigration is a thing again in libertarian circles. Oh, jeez. I don't really know why. Yeah, when were we talking about this? I looked it up. It was 2016. Thousand, five years. 2016 into 2017. And like we spent six months talking about it. A lot about it. And hashing out the arguments and everything. And so I don't want to get dragged back into this stupid thing. Because we've done it before. Well, Nothing's... was there new do we have new information? What's happening? No. I don't know. Ask the people that are bringing it up again. The people that still don't have any new arguments. And it's not even the same because most of the people that were in favor of, <clears throat> you know, government managing the borders, like, aren't even in the liberty circles anymore. They're just, like, explicitly Republicans and whatever they are. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of them, you know, they're MAGA Trump people. Yeah. And not that not that, that makes the argument that people are now wrong, but it's not totally, uh, you know, not something that you should notice. <laughs> um, what was I going to say about it? Oh, that's so like a lot of people, it's the same thing over and over again. And it's like, Hey, look, well, you know, we need to do something and blah, 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 blah. And it would make the arguments or this discussion so much better if people just admitted and said, Hey, you know what? I'm a libertarian. I'm an anarchist, whatever you want to call it. But given the situation we're in right now, or whatever. I just don't think that libertarianism has a good solution to immigration and the borders. And so this is a you know very narrow case where I think that the government should step in and, and kind of do stuff. Um, but instead, like, I would think you're wrong. I think that would be the incorrect position to take, but at least it's an honest position. As opposed to being like, well, actually, the government explicitly committing violence against you know these people um, is the libertarian position to have. And you people that say like you don't think that the government should molest people trying to move around on, uh, you know, across spaces, you know, as long as they're not violating private property rights. You guys are are promoting the government solutions. And it's like, well, that just on its face is silly. It's been five years, Slappy. I know. But it, I, just, I don't have the energy or the wherewithal to go through it, man. Um, 
No, I don't either. And I don't really like want to spend all that much time on it. I'll just say like, if you really want to see what we had, like just Google McFlugel and immigration or open yeah. borders. A lot about a and- ton of stuff on it. And the other thing is like, what, like arguing on the internet, what's it going to do? Do we really think that like our discussions about being, you know, provides good arguments, argument, you know, Twitter arguments about it. Yeah. Cause everyone too is talking about how it's like libertarianism has been so, you know, ineffectual and fighting against the government in, in the last 18 months with COVID and the lockdowns and everything. But then it's just like, but now we're going to talk about, like how we think the federal government should manage borders. Like it just the same federal government that's doing these lockdown things. Yeah. We want them in charge of the borders to be the libertarians. Yeah. Is that, is that the argument? <laughs> or is like the argument? Like, I don't know. It makes no sense to me. I don't get it. So we're saying, look what happened in the last year. COVID. Uh, you know, everyone's all in favor of locking down and mandatory vaccines. And we want those people to control the borders. I guess. I don't know. It's tough to actually like pin down what their arguments are because it's always just kind of like changing and always just shifting, moving the goalposts and kind of as like, as you debunk one point, they just jump to something else. And so, like, I don't even know that they know what their arguments are. I mean, if their arguments are, like, I want this culture, and this culture isn't going to happen unless I, like, I don't know, force people or... I guess, but, you know, you can't say you're a libertarian. Well, like, I, just... I don't know what the motivation is. Or when I when I mean motivation, I mean like, like are you an activist who's just tired that like you're out there fighting and screaming and like and when we're not getting libertarians elected and like the society's not moving? Because I can see how that could be really frustrating. Yeah. Like before, we've talked about it where we're like, we got to spread libertarianism to as many people as we can. Like that's a very tall task. You're right. Is that what it is? Like, you're just frustrating. Like, I can't, I can or, or maybe like you're a Republican, you learn about the non-aggression principle and then you start reading Mises and you start reading Rothbard or at least talking to people who have read them and learning about, you know, Hans Hermann Hoppe and all these things and, and Tom Woods and Dave Smith. And then you're like, all right, now that I understand it, I need something else to move on to. Like, that was a lot of fun learning and now I have no more learning, quote unquote, you know. I think so that's like what I it need is. new ideas and like, oh, this is a cool idea and this could work. And obviously, you know, Mises has been dead for a while now and his ideas haven't taken hold anywhere. So like maybe this is the better strategy. You know, I, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just trying to like think through it. Like it was a lot of fun. Like if, you, if we could go take back time to 2008 when we would sit on the porch and talk about this stuff, it was like every time we talked, it was fascinating, man. There was something right. new. And it was crazy. And then it was also unsettling because everything I thought I knew, I, I now realize I, I was wrong. 
and there's all this new stuff and that was fun and it was exciting and and we get in arguments with people online and it's like yo rallo this guy said this and oh, i didn't know what the you know and we just talk about it. And now you get to a point where you're like all right well I still like, re- I do like reading Austrian economics. I still like reading Rothbard and Mises, but it's not like the same feeling as the first time I read Hazlitt. And I couldn't wait to tell everyone what I was reading about because it just blew my mind. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? And so now you try to, you find something new and they're like, no, wait, you're wrong. And you're like, oh man, this is fun. Do you think, I don't know. I don't want to like guess people's motivations. Or yeah, maybe that. I don't even know who we're talking about, too, by the way. Just <laughs> yeah, generally speaking. Just in general, because it is a trend we see on Twitter right. with a lot of different people. Um, but yeah. as far as we're concerned, or at least as far as I'm concerned, I don't think we've changed the way, the things we think over the last couple of years. I don't want to say we haven't changed anything. Uh, certainly shifted our focus of our podcast toward Bitcoin. Right. But... As far as libertarianism and Austrian economics, I still think all that stuff, for the most part, is good stuff. Oh, yeah. I don't think we've ever changed our principles on anything. We might just, like you said, change our focus or change what we think is important for trying to address. Like, you know, five years ago, we were acting like the borders are the most important thing in the world, just because that's, I guess, what everyone was talking about. Now it's just like, I don't want to go through this again. Like... They're going to argue till I'm blue in the face and nothing's going to change. Yeah. Five years ago, it was like fun to talk about or not, you know, for a while. Yeah. It was worth it to us. Um, But I think, I think if I had to make a guess on what's going on, I think people are tired of losing. Yeah. And And I, yeah, I think that's probably right. And that's kind of what I was trying to say with like activists who aren't getting anywhere. But at the same time, I think they just like want to always be the underdog and they take losing as a badge of honor. So they like take this stance that they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we'll have the government control the borders. And then they'll always be able to say like, ah, these stupid Democrats are just kind of like ruining everything and we can't get what we want because of them. So we still get to be losers. I guess. I don't know. That's why they really have any faith in Republicans of doing any of this. I don't know that they're trying to – I don't know what they're trying to do. I don't know that they're like necessarily latching on the Republicans or just maybe more so latching or is it like the Republican Party to like push their agenda. But like if you're able to like co-opt a, uh, a political party for your ends as a libertarian, like I don't know that immigration would be something to be like on your top 10 things to do. Right now? Yeah. Like all top 10 of them. I don't know. I'm not going to tell people what they think. But I mean, these COVID issues are are kind of important. Yeah. The giant military is kind of important. The Fed. Federal Reserve is kind of important. Um, You know, I would go toward public schooling. I know that's not – I mean, there's a Department of Education, but – I guess locally, and I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, locally, that's more not federal government, but get rid of the Department of Education. That's right. only been around since 1980 or so. Yeah. And not these, like, 
I don't even think that's a very good strategy because like just I, I don't think you can just like step in and just start dismantling the stuff without attacking the source of the problem. So like I just don't I don't see well, I mean that's a dead end. I'm just, you know, you right. said like what, what, what no, no. I, I was, I was not, I wasn't criticizing you. I was criticizing the strategy that I brought up. Oh yeah, yeah. No, totally agree because it's just going nowhere. Well, it's just like look at the all the LP stuff, and I remember this was, I noticed this years ago when I went to. Um, I went to some of the Philly LP meetups and mm-hmm. there was like a, a Liberty on the rocks in Philly that I went to. And, you know, you came across a lot of more of like the normie libertarians and like having discussions with these people, it was just like idiotic. And it was like, all right, this is like, I'm going to, you like the, the, the goal is to like form an LP with these people. I like, don't like these people. <laughs> They're clueless. I remember I had an argument with someone that they were like, they're saying that sales tax wasn't coercive. And he's like, well, because you don't have to buy the thing. And I'm like, what right does someone have to come in and say that they get to take a cut out of this? Yeah. So I make a deal with Rallo. I hand you, um, you know, 10,000 Satoshis and you hand me some good that I buy. And that's the end of it. There is, should be no one else dipping their hand in and taking some out. Well, it was funny because they'll be like, but the income tax, now that's that's immoral. It's like, but the sales tax is an income tax. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's. Uh... But, and, and, and so I was like interacting with these people. And just being like, man, these people are clueless. Or you get these like two-bit Republicans that, you know, failed with the Republican Party and they decide that instead of being a little fish in a big pond, they want to be a big fish in a little pond. And so they're just going to like be a Republican, but in the LP so they can actually have some like power and influence. It's just like, this is all just miserable. Yeah. Like these, just like the weirdest, like worst people have a lot of control in the LP. And we've been seeing this with all of like the disaster that the LP has been. I don't really follow it that closely, but you know, I follow people who are involved. And so I see some kind of stuff while I'm on the sidelines for it. And it's just like, why in the world would you subject yourself to any of that? It looks awful. I completely checked out of the LP with Johnson Weld. Yeah, what is this? What a like that show. was before that. I was kind of, I was never an LP guy. I would follow it. I'd listen to hear what they had to say. See if there's a good candidate. See if there's a good Mises candidate. You know. But when they nominated Johnson and Weld, that was. Well, for a while, I don't remember, and maybe I was just more of a normie libertarian back then, but I don't remember Johnson being like atrocious when he first came on the scene. Oh, it was right. doing that, that Johnson Weld thing that he but, like just got real weird and real awful. And Bill Weld was a guy who was like never a libertarian. Right. And he came out of nowhere. Like, I can't remember who the other candidates were, but I remember thinking like, it could be this guy or this guy, or this guy. I'm like, Bill Weld. 
Huh? Like, right. Where did that even come from? Spawned from some nether region. Yeah. Below the Earth's surface. Yeah, sounds right. I don't know. All that stuff is just like... It just seems like a disaster to me. I'm just like so uninterested in getting involved with any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it doesn't mean I'm giving up because, I mean, if you've been listening to us at all, you know, I've never been more bullish on the future than I have been because of Bitcoin. (coughs) And actually, you know what? I said this to people and we've probably said it on this show, but without Bitcoin, I probably would be hopeless and I don't know what I'd do. Right. Because it doesn't look good. Yeah. It doesn't look good when I still... Now, I will say, nowadays, fewer people are wearing masks than used to. But like six months ago, I walk into a store and everyone there is in a mask except me. It was depressing. Um, Now it's probably 50-50 when I go to stores. Right. But even that, it's like... Now the schools are saying kids need to wear masks. And uh, yeah, I don't know. The vaccines, the employers requiring being vaccinated. Without Bitcoin, it would be really bleak. And if I didn't right. understand, even if we have Bitcoin, but I didn't understand Bitcoin, it's really bleak. And who knows where I'd go? Who knows where my head go? Maybe I'd be saying, no, it's time to bring the fight now. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Because I do have Bitcoin. Or I don't have it. I lost all my private keys. Yeah, but I know same that thing happened to me. It sucks because I had Bitcoin and now I can't access it. I lost all the keys. But knowing that it exists gives, gives us hope. Fix the money, yep. right? I think so. And that's why I always tell people, like, if, you know, instead of getting upset about the whatever of the day, like, start to try to build a way out of it that you don't have to be, like, beholden to whatever these idiots are doing. You can kind of carve your own path. And so that's what Bitcoin allows you to do. Absolutely. Censorship. Resistant, hard money. Once you get a piece of that pie, no one can ever dilute it. You can actually achieve savings. As opposed to like plucking these cuck bucks where you you keep your money in the bank and after a little bit of time, your purchasing power gets eviscerated. So you got to send it to the stock market where you don't know what you're doing. And then out of nowhere, you know, the por- portfolio takes a, uh, a downturn and lost all the value. Or you're getting these gains and you think you're doing real well if you're getting 7 or 8%. But and meanwhile, I got to work five more years to retire. Yeah. Meanwhile, inflation's at 12%. Yeah. So it's just a real bad system. Thank goodness we have Bitcoin. So, I don't know. 
it's uh, want to wrap it up here. Kind of a short episode. Yeah, but. short episode. Rallo, if you couldn't tell, you know, he had to add those coughs, and that was the signal that we need to wrap this up. He's not feeling well, um, so our prayers are with Rallo for a yes. speedy recovery. But uh, he fought through because we have a Cal Ripken esque streak going right now for every week, and he's been here. So thank you, Rallo, for showing up despite being under the weather. Yeah, no problem. I'm not soft like some of those other podcasters out there that got sick and they took like four weeks off. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Ukraine Ukraine is, what is it? Ukraine is weak or soft? Yes. The Ukraine Ukraine is, I think it's weak. I think the Ukraine Ukraine is weak. It's fitting. It's fitting. All right, so uh, once again, show notes page for this episode is mcfluga.com slash 268. Um, I don't really know if we have anything to link to or nah. I'm just not going to. Um, uh, maybe go back. I don't know when it was our El Salvador episode. Sure. But that'll be interesting. Big day tomorrow. See yeah, that'll be... Yeah, it'll be know a big uh, pump and dump. Not pump and dump, but like a, a short run <laughs> pump. For people buying tomorrow? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think that was already quote-unquote priced in. Yeah, I do too. I think that's kind of what the recent rise was in, in anticipation. But that's yeah. just a total guess. I never know what the price does and why. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's... Uh, that's what I think. My only prediction is that over time, it's going to go up. Gosh. Short run, I have no idea. Yep. So but good anyway, luck. Good luck yeah. to the people of El Salvador and hopefully uh all goes well. Yep. So we shall see. Yeah. All right. Um <clears throat> I guess we'll wrap it up. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you next week. Peace.